Welcome to Flex Weather. This is Jason Anderson from Black and Red United. Got a good show for you this week. I've got coming up first, Ashley Sanchez, number 10, Washington Spirit. You probably, if you're listening to this, you're probably familiar with Ashley Sanchez. Uh, We had a nice little conversation about her season thus far, uh, adapting to a full, not a normal summer in this region, but normal-ish, closer to normal than last year, certainly. And even look back on draft day, if if you remember, there were some perceptions about her uh, feelings on draft day. And I think, as far as I know, this might be the first time she's spoken specifically about it. So nice to, nice to hear what she was actually thinking, because I think a lot of us, we project and maybe misunderstand. So that was an interesting uh, chat, to say the least. Lots of laughs. Uh, I think that's always always how it is. If, if you bring Sanchez mm-hmm. onto a show, there's going to be some laughter. Mm-hmm. Uh, And then in the second segment, full disclosure here, there will be a middle segment that is me moving the show along uh, rather than just without uh, any sort of explanation. That'll be brief, I promise. Second segment, uh, I have Claire Watkins from Southside Trap uh, coming on to help me preview uh, the game against the Red Stars tomorrow. I had hoped that I would be saying on Saturday instead of tomorrow, but I kind of fell a little behind and I'm recording this on Friday, so... That's why it's tomorrow. But yeah, another another good segment. Claire's great. Always uh, lots of insight on Chicago uh, and, and soccer in general, but in this case, specifically the Red Stars. So yeah, uh, hopefully a good preview of the game to come. And uh, I guess I'll stop talking and get right to it then. For the first time on Plex Weather, uh, I've said that a lot on this podcast, and I'm still I'm still getting through everyone that's only that hasn't been on before. For the first time on this podcast. Ashley Sanchez joins me as a guest. Ashley, thanks for coming on the show. Yeah, no problem. Thank you for having me. Uh, so I wanted to start with, um, you know, last year was was such a strange year for all of us. And um, you you didn't, it was your first year out here, but you didn't really get to experience anything close to like a normal everyday life, much less a normal soccer player's life out here. So I'm kind of curious, uh, how are you enjoying your first relatively normal summer in the DMV? Um, I'm enjoying it really, uh, a lot so far. I think because last year was so weird, I kind of just came into this year with an open mind. And, mm-hmm. um, obviously I had a lot more time last year than I do now, but I'm enjoying being busy, um, after so many months of just, you know, waiting if we're going to have games or not. And, you know, so I think I've been really enjoying it and being able to travel and, see different places and play different teams so I think that yeah I've just been enjoying it so far how are you how are you handling the fact that it's always uh so humid all the time uh, I don't know if uh where you're where you're from in California I don't know if it's quite the same um yeah it's definitely not the same mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't love it but I mean I like warm weather but California mm. is dry so it's yeah. not like suffocating you and in practice I'm like sucking for air because I just can't breathe mm-hmm. so that's taken some adjusting but um yeah it's not too bad uh I, I thought of this question right before um I turned on the recording software and everything um but uh we just I've spent my whole day basically doing soccer media stuff uh covering the two teams and we just spoke to Richie uh about a, an hour ago give or take um, and part of what he had to say was that you guys are flying out there tomorrow and 
you'll have training during the England versus Scotland uh, game during the Euros. And I have to ask you, because I know uh, I've seen that you give him a hard time sometimes. So are you guys preparing to, to give him a hard time if Scotland ends up winning that game? Um, I mean, I'm sure I'm sure he's going to be watching in the middle of practice or something, but <laughs> I think everyone will definitely give him some crap if they end up losing. Yeah. Uh, I think it's an easy it's an easy jab to get him with any of his favorite teams losing. Right, right. No, he 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 seemed he said he was uh he said he was nervous about it already. Um, but that uh, I guess it's a he's gonna he was saying he's gonna record it and watch it later. So maybe this will be something that you guys get to watch him in real time, kind of uh go through the anxiety of uh possibly having everybody turn on him. I don't know. Um, because he gives everyone else uh he he's always busting everyone else's chops. I feel like this is a great opportunity for the group uh, to get one back. Yeah, it'll be funny, but the only downside is it's all fun at the beginning until he's angry for the rest of the day. So <laughs> I don't know how funny it will be when his mood changes. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, all right. So, the, you know, focusing on the spirit, this is not a, a Euros podcast. Um, you know, the big the big thing for you this year has been you spent so much time playing through the middle. Uh, not just wearing the 10 shirt, but actually playing that role a lot. Uh, how familiar with, were you with playing in that spot before this move this year? Um, I had played it a couple times with youth national teams, but when I went to college, I was mainly um, outside forward and mm-hmm. in between there. So I hadn't really played it too much in recent times, uh, but a lot of people around me and me personally have always thought that was my best position, but you know, on some teams, maybe they needed me other places. So um, I really enjoyed playing the 10 and obviously I'm still learning a lot each game that's gone on. I mean, I'm trying to get better every game and soaking as much information from the coaching staff that I can. Um, Cause I'm definitely not an expert at it yet. And, mm. um, but yeah, I think I'm really enjoying it and hopefully it'll keep me there. <laughs> Uh, were you were you expecting that or was it more of a you you maybe hope to get there and were sort of pleasantly surprised that the coaches also wanted to look at you in that position instead um I think I was a little bit surprised I know Richie had mentioned it a couple times last year that he wanted to see me in that position but it was just a little bit difficult because we didn't have enough games and Mm. it's hard to try to put me in a new um, position when we have you know, four games or, you know, just not enough time for me to really like understand the role and get real game minutes. And, you know, before then it was like already over and we we're um, in our off season. So I think this year starting this was just a, a great time for me to just try a new position. And we had a lot mm-hmm. of time in preseason for me to be able to start understanding it more. Uh, how do you feel like at, at this point in the season, I, I, found myself when I was preparing my questions, I almost wanted to call it mid season, even though it's only five games in it, just the, yeah. the length of the preseason, it fe- feels like mid season to me. Um, but ha- how do you feel like that's going the, the, the move inside uh, for, at least for the times that you, I know it hasn't been 100% of the minutes there, but how do you feel like that's, that's going so far for you? Um, in terms of the position. Mm-hmm. Um. I mean, I think it's going well so far. Um, I think I've, you know, getting better every game. The first couple games in our um, 
preseason matches, mm-hmm. I kind of was getting lost in the game. I didn't really know spacing. I wasn't really sure um, where to find my pockets and how much time. I don't know, you know, just a lot of different things that I, I just wasn't prepared, I think. And then moving into the season, I think after the first game, getting a couple games after, you know, not playing really well in that position. Um, mm-hmm. I think the last couple games I've definitely improved and I'm getting more comfortable in the position. And I think um, obviously we have a lot of games left. So hopefully I'll just keep continuing and, you know, continue getting better. Mm. Well, you know, speaking of games to come, you're, you're heading out, as I said, uh, out to Chicago uh, this game this weekend. Richie said uh, he feels like this is the biggest challenge thus far in the season. Um, what do you think the keys are for, for the team overall to, to get something positive out of this one and for you in particular uh, playing that role um, as far as dealing with Chicago? I know they like to stay compact and very organized pretty much. That's kind of their M.O. Yeah, um, I definitely think it's going to be a big challenge. They have some quick players up top, and they have a a really good midfield. So I think it's just going to be important for us to be able to play through that midfield. Mm. And just because they've been playing with three in the back, I think there's going to be a lot more space wide, and hopefully I'll be able to dish them balls wide or through balls, you know, and have our other forwards be going, um, going at their back line. I think that's going to be really important, and I think, whoever owns the midfield game um, is going to be the one that comes out on top. Uh, I I did. I kind of wanted to ask something that, um, you know, going back to last year, all the way back to the draft. um, I, uh, for me, it's kind of a funny one because uh, when you were brought over from the stage to, to speak to the media, uh, I had, I was really kind of patting myself on the back. I was like, I picked out a great spot. I'm going to get to ask questions. I'm right there. Um, and they were taking photos and then the league folks moved you like 15 feet further away. And all of a sudden I was in like an absolutely terrible spot and could not, I was just like, well, this is a lost cause. Um, but, uh, I wanted to ask because there was a perception going around that you were unhappy on draft day. And I remember standing there and being like, seems like pretty normal draft day to me. And people were telling me that. And I was like, I just, I didn't see that. I mean, I was further away than I wanted to be, but I also was like, you know, close enough to kind of get the vibe. And I felt like, you know, it just seemed pretty normal. So um, can you, you know, maybe take me through draft day? Uh, Because it sounded like to me, at least that maybe there's like a misconception on how you felt on draft day, because it's kind of a crazy day for everyone. Yeah, um, I've definitely seen that floating around. Even mm. still now, I get some comments when I post a picture and they'll be like, oh, but you didn't even want to go there. And I know I've never really spoken about it, but mm. yeah, I mean, I had no idea where I was going to go. Mm. Um, it was like pretty stressful. Um, I didn't know until like 30 seconds before I was called, like what was going on. My agents, mm. you know, on his phone the whole time. I'm like real confused. but. Um, I had no idea, like, I didn't even have, like, a top team or anything, so it wasn't like I was upset to go to the Spirit mm-hmm. or anything like that. Um, I think I was more so, <laughs> I think it was more so just, like, oh, wow, fourth? Like, mm-hmm. you know, I thought I could have gone higher than that, but I think everything works out for a reason, and I'm really happy where I'm at. So, um, when I look back, I'm like, oh, I 
I don't think I, you know, should have been upset, you know, going forth, but I think, yeah, I definitely think everything worked out and I wouldn't have wanted to go higher and go with a different team. So, yeah. That makes sense. That makes sense. I know um, draft day is also just like, I feel like it's overwhelming for just about everyone. Like there's, yeah, uh, there's so many people. I mean, we're talking, you know, the reason that I couldn't, you know, ask you any questions is that the pack of people all trying to ask you questions at once is so large that it's like, yeah, I can see being on the other side of that, how strange that would be. Yeah. And the funny thing too, is that, um, that right when I walked into the, uh, draft room or whatever, Mm. Richie like comes up to me and he was like, Hey, like I'm Richie, you know, coach of the spirit. And I was like, yeah, yeah, whatever. Like no way I go to your team. Why, why are you talking to me? Um, They didn't have any, you know, top spots. And it was Mm. just funny. I just kind of like shrugged it off, you know, didn't even really pay attention to anything he was saying. And then two seconds later, I was like, Oh, I guess I am on the spirit. So it was funny how that worked out. Yeah. That's uh the, the, the draft is always, it's such an, I think, I, I think talking to, I want to say Sam Staub or maybe Dorian Bailey, but I asked about their draft day experience and it was basically like, I don't really remember anything from draft day. The whole thing is like oh, a blank you, slate. You definitely just, mind is blank. No, I didn't even mm. know what I said on the stage. I, mm. oh yeah, that was a very interesting time in my life. <laughs> yeah. I can only imagine. Um, well, it's good that, I mean, it's good. things turned out well. It sounds uh, sounds like you're happy that things uh, ended up the way they ended up uh, being on the Spirit, being uh, now the Spirit have kind of a California vibe. There are, I don't know how many yeah. Californian players there are on the team. It seems like it's every week almost there's a, there's a new one. Yeah, and I'm liking it. A yeah. lot of people <laughs> I know, you know, like mm-hmm. bring them all in. <laughs> Is that is that next year at the draft? Are you gonna uh, tell Richie who you should pick based on uh, your contacts list? Definitely. <laughs> I mean, he kind of did that this year with Tara. I've mm-hmm. known her forever, and he was just you know asking. I was like, you know, you should really get Tara. I think mm-hmm. this is a great idea, you know. And he, he, I don't know. I don't think I don't want to take all the credit that he he took my advice, but I'd like to say I put a little input in there. Yeah, I'll, I'm willing to give it to you. Um, we'll, we'll see. <laughs> Next year, if, if you can get him to do it again with somebody else, then we'll have to start, like, really saying, like, okay, Ashley is part of the draft day strategy team now. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, so I, I have to ask, um, because I know, you know, following the whole league, there's a lot of um, emphasis on the, the, the fits when people are walking up to the stadium now. You and Trinity did the, uh, the blue coats. Uh, which I think were pretty wild. Um, I, I saw that the rain are setting up like a, they had people out there using chalk to create a, a runway for themselves. Um, how, how? Uh, well, I don't want to spoil. I don't want you to spoil any surprises. But do you do you have any any surprises up your sleeve for for some of the next home games coming up? Um, no, not nothing that I planned. It was just me and Trinity were just randomly wearing those coats the same. <laughs> like walking around our apartment building and then we were like we should just wear this to the game like that would be so funny and it ended up being like 90 degrees that day so we just had the coats like we put them on for 30 seconds for that walk and we took them straight off but um yeah it was definitely fun and just like lighten the mood a little bit on game day so 
I'm sure we'll, we're going to have something good, but we haven't talked about it yet or anything like yeah. that. Yeah, that was it. Uh, uh, was it a couple of years ago? I think the team did uh, one. And maybe this is before you got here. There were the team did one where everyone had a, sh- a shirt that had a dog on it or like the face of a dog. Um, and so it was like 15 players coming up in, in shirts with dogs on them, um, which is also pretty great, I think. Um, yeah, I, w- I wasn't there, but I would definitely yeah, yeah. love that. Uh, yeah, I'm having that problem of like post 2020. When did something happen? And it's hard to say when it happened. It happened in the past, but I don't know exactly when. Um, the days are still jumbled, so uh, yeah, exactly. Pass on that one. <laughs> um, so I, I kind of kind of on the same topic. I know during this this break, uh, most of you were still in town, and there was the you guys had the event at the Japanese Embassy. You went to the Kennedy Center. It seemed like everyone was a uh, uh, dressed up for those who who came through with the best fit for these big you know dressed up events that that you guys were going to um well the, you you, the... you can pick yourself if you want I'll, I'll allow it <laughs> um i would not say myself okay. i went shopping the day before and <laughs> I, it could have been a lot better but um i would say dorian had a like uh what was it it was like a coat and and, um short like matching set and everyone else wore dresses so hers like stood out to me and it was like a a pinkish color and just really different Mm -hmm. um so i really liked hers um sam had a really pretty dress on but she was at a different uh embassy than i was so i didn't get to see Uh. the person but she had showed me a picture of it and i was like Mm -hmm. oh yeah that is that is a great dress mm-hmm. so that's a it's it's interesting that the the change over the years now having um that kind of thing going on whereas i think in years past you know i don't think uh the team had too many big occasions at the local embassies my my only embassy knowledge is uh a couple of roommates of mine got invited to the australian embassy for the aussie rules football championship game and it was at like three in the morning. Uh, and because it's because it's the Aussies, they were like, here's some beer, knock yourselves out, which uh, I feel like it didn't look like that was what was going on uh, at these uh, these other events. So I I don't know. It looked like uh, it looked like fun. But I also was just like, yeah, I'm not even sure how to how anyone's supposed to conduct themselves at these things. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely really nice. And a lot of conversations, not much of a frat frat vibe or whatever <laughs> yeah. from the Aussies, but um yeah it's like really nice you know everyone's dressed to the nines and i haven't been to anything like this and now i've been to the sphere and i've been to like 10 events like this so <laughs> i'm starting to get more used to it definitely yeah uh so i, I think i think that's a, about it that's all for all of my questions um i i am curious uh you know looking at you know i think it's tomorrow you guys leave what is a what does a travel day for you look like? How do you plan your schedule out as far as, um, I mean, I know you have to get to get to the plane on time and all that stuff, but like, what is, what is that day set up for you uh, in terms of getting everything right so that when you guys get to Chicago, you're good to go? Um, I mean, our staff does a really good job. They kind of set everything up so that we just literally get off the plane or get on the plane, get off and, you know, mm-hmm. everything goes straight to our rooms and then, um, yeah, we just, like, get ready for training, and then we go back and dinner, and then we're pretty much set for the rest of the day. Um, mm-hmm. But me 
Trin and the people I carpool with, we definitely make it a priority to stop and get some Starbucks or something before we yeah. get on the plane. So that's I, about I, it for us. I think uh, if you're going to bring up, I have to ask coffee questions because if someone, uh, I, when I had Tori on, I think it was like five minutes of coffee talk. Um, what is, what is your go-to at this point? What do you, what are you going to get when you're heading in tomorrow? Um, usually I just go for a vanilla latte, mm -hmm. but I don't know. I'm used to, you know, California and LA where there's amazing coffee shops around every corner and I still haven't quite found a good one yet. So mm -hmm. just Starbucks doesn't hit the same, but you know, right. pretty consistent. So, yeah. you know. Yeah, I mean, uh, unfortunately for you, I live all the way out by Annapolis. So my recommendation is not really on your way. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> yeah, um, cool on the way. yeah, if you're, if you're ever over here, I can help you out. But uh, until, you know, that's like a 30 mile further, further East uh, trip, I, I don't really have much helpful advice. So I'm, uh, if if listeners want to pass the, their recommendations along, I can I can send them to Jordan and she can hand them off to you if that helps. Yeah, that would be amazing. And like I said, this is the middle segment. I told you it would be quick. Ashley, very kind with her time. Uh, I'm very uh, grateful that she came on the show. Uh, and we're going to move this whole thing along to the segment with Claire. It's it's going just like I told you it was. Uh, I'm not even sure this was actually a necessary segment now that I'm saying it, but. I'm going to keep it quick, so let's move on to the segment with Claire. One of the rare, so far rare occasions I get to say this, for the second time on Plex Weather, it's Claire Watkins from Southside Trap. Claire, thanks for coming back on the show. Yeah, thanks for having me. So it must be okay that I'm back a second time. So you must be yes. doing all right. Yeah. Well, no one, as I've, as I've, I think I've used this joke too many times on podcasts, but no one has asked me to stop. Um, and so... Yep. The show will continue until I'm informed that I have to no longer continue. <laughs> it needs, it needs um, to end. From yeah. the, the podcast gods come down from Podcast Mountain and take away my microphone. Um, <laughs> I guess that's how it works. So maybe they take away your microphone cord and leave you with, I don't know. Well, I was going to say, they'll leave you with the microphone. It'll just be, yeah, you won't be able to connect it to your computer anymore. Right. You can speak uh, into the microphone. They're just not going to make anybody listen. Yeah, your your plaintive howls towards uh, yeah. the, the gods and they've turned their ears to, to other things. Yeah. Um, so that's 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 what it's like doing a podcast, everyone. <laughs> um, is you hope that someone else is hearing you and and not just uh, gods that do not want to listen. Uh, instead of going down that corridor anymore, we have a game to talk about. It's been it feels like it's been forever, but uh, the league is coming back this weekend. The Spirit are facing the Chicago Red Stars out out there out in uh, Bridgeview, the the uh, scenic environs of Bridgeview. Uh, but Claire, I wanted to start with kind of kind of the big thing with the red stars this year the the like big you know most noticeable thing that's happened to them this year um and it's a it's not a good it's not good news it's that opening game the regular season they had the huge loss to portland it's the kind of result that can hang over a team for months it could the way the season's set up with only 24 games it could kind of derail you long enough that it could actually derail your season in a way um but since then, Chicago has picked up seven points in four games. Uh, they're kind of ticking along. That's a, I did the math on that. That's like a roughly somewhere between fourth and sixth place pace if you do seven points every four games for the season. Um, how did the Red Stars put that first game behind them? Because I know the, the Challenge Cup didn't help because that didn't go all that well either. Right, yeah. Um, in, in, a, in a way, you know, like you said, right, seven points in four games, but 
the Houston game that they did lose, that's another one where you're like, gosh, that probably could have been another point, could have been three points. So that one is actually, I, I've said this before, but it bugs me that they lost that game because that would have that narrative of like they really are kind of figuring stuff out, I think, was aided by that game as well. They just didn't win it. Um, I think what they did is, I well, first of all, I think that you can probably look at that Portland game as, it's hard to say that it's not a negative, but if you look at a team that goes through the Challenge Cup and things are like only okay, they don't win any games, they tie a couple of them, and then you have maybe a little shock to the system of like, oh no, this is real and you need to figure it out and fix it. Um, that Portland game would definitely fit the bill. Uh, and then pretty much since then, they've looked more mentally engaged, quite frankly. Um, they had their home opener after that Portland game. They got to feel a little bit more normal. They were the last team not to have any fans. So they only got to play in front of fans for the first time when they played against Gotham in the second week of the regular season. And it felt like they just kind of sort of found their footing. Um, I think also it's not insignificant that in that Portland game, they lost Julie Ertz for the better part of three months due to the Olympic uh, schedule. And that is another thing where you just look at the people around you and you say, no one's bailing us out. No one is fixing this for us. We got to do it on our own. And that's what we've seen from the team. In addition to just like normal soccer things, which is like they've gotten more cohesive in the back. They have steadied that back line a little bit um, and had some players elevate their game. Tierna Davidson has been playing really well for them. She will theoretically be available this weekend. I don't know if she'll play. Uh, you look at the midfield without Ertz, Gatra, Woldmo, and Colaprico right now are, are probably competing for a starting role. You got Vanessa DiBernardo. And then in, up top, I think you just have to look at the, the resurgence of Mallory Pugh, who I know Spirit fans know quite well, yeah. <laughs> um, along with Kalia Watt. And so I think that it's more just to say, how do you come back from the five O game? I would say that maybe the five O game was the beginning of the, you know, the beginning of the figuring it out because it, it exposed a lot of things about the team. Was it you brought up uh, Mal Pugh? I'm going to, I'm going to go to that question. I had it, I had it set up for a little later, but we'll do it now um, since she's on, she's on everyone's mind. Um, this was the, bringing her in was the kind of the high profile Chicago offseason acquisition. Um, especially since the first thing they really did with their offseason was to let go to pretty prominent members of the team with uh, McCaskill and Nagasato going uh, to Rossing. Um, how is how has Mal been doing, especially with that extra responsibility where it's two players left, she came in and is kind of the one at additional player to that attack a lot of those the rest of that group is that you mentioned those players were there last year yeah I mean I would say that my biggest issue with Mallory Pugh at this moment is that she can't play out wide and <laughs> centrally um mm -hmm. I wish there were two of her there are not um no she's she's been doing great she uh when you talk about that idea of being very engaged which was something mm -hmm. that Chicago was struggling with early in the year when it was clear that she was able to give in, like give good full nineties. She was also someone who gave that sort of mental and emotional boost as well, because she's a gamer. Mm. And when her body's not letting her down, she's running from minute one to minute 90 and pushing the people around her as well. 
And the things that she's good at, you know, the things that she's always been good at, she's still quite good at. She's really fast and and, and solid on the ball. Um, she makes good runs. Uh, Chicago has been playing her out wide, except with the way that they use their outside, their outside backs have been pushing forward quite a bit. That actually does allow her to sort of cut in quite a lot. Mm-hmm. And sometimes actually you look at her heat map and she's playing just as much right behind Kalia Watt as she is to the outside of her. So they're giving her a lot of room and she's responding really well. And I think that ultimately just the thing that you have to say is that she's healthy. And when you see her play, you're like, that is a healthy player. And when she has all of her faculties like that, she's very hard to defend. Is this, uh, do you think, I I, I mentioned before we started that I was not going to ask any long-term questions, but I do (laughs) now have one. Is, is Chicago the, the place or at least at this point, based on short, a lot of, or not very much evidence so far, but, is Chicago potentially the place for her to make the step that maybe spirit fans thought they were going to see when she came here? Yeah. I I mean, the thing that I've said about Mallory Pugh for a long time, which is through absolutely no fault of her own is that she's a player that went pro young and did not get a lot or very good coaching really early in her professional career. And I think that what is going to happen in Chicago, and this is a um, something that Rory Dames does quite well and it's good for some players and not great for other players is that he really lets players be themselves and come into their own in the ways that they want to play. Um, And I think that that was what they tasked Pew with even coming in. They said, you're going to own, you're going to own your injury recovery. You're going to own your style of play and you are going to take control of your destiny here. And it seems like she, and she's not alone in this. Other players have come to Chicago and responded very well to that as well. She has, she has responded. She is looking like she's figuring out, and this is something that just goes with the age, right? You hit your mid twenties. You're just like, I am figuring out who Mm -hmm. I am. And I think we're seeing that for her as a player as well Um, in that she's doing a lot, but I don't think she's trying to do everything. I don't think she's working too hard. I think she has expectations that her teammates will be making runs with her. Um, So, yeah, I mean, when I see her play, I've seen, her play twice now in person. I'm like, yeah, that's absolutely a U.S. caliber player, mm-hmm. um, without a doubt. I, I I can't help but bring up the fact that the, the strangeness of the fact that both uh, Mal Pugh and Christy Mewis have managed to one spend time in Chicago after leaving the Spirit, and two in their only appearance for one of those clubs end up contributing directly to a goal. Uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> Which is well, I was staggering. gonna say Christy Mewis. I'm not sure I would do Christy Mewis dirty by saying that she really was a much of a red star through no, no fault. She, yeah, she showed up, she scored yeah. a goal against the spirit, and then she went to Houston. She um, sure did, yeah, uh, which is astounding, but also a real thing that happened. Um, and I feel like uh, yep. one of the most remarkable uh, track records at a club ever uh, one appearance, one goal, one week, um, and uh. That's and how you a, leave, wave, I guess. And a it's wave like, goodbye. Yeah, yeah, like, well, I did all I could here. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, all right. So, you know, you mentioned Julie Ertz, the the injury she had, um, and also one of the players that was not available for this Portland game uh, was uh, Morgan Gautreau, who has picked up the nickname The Butcher. The Butcher, um, which is yes. Which is awesome. I hope I, – I don't know that – how many Spirit fans are aware – of that nickname how did this nickname happen because that part i think is quite funny 
I think Rory Dames just made it up. The thing is, is that he, the thing that I don't know is I don't know mm. if he made it up actually in training or if he just made it up like right before he was speaking to media, <laughs> but, <laughs> uh, but no, that was, that's a Rory Dames is, um, that mm. Gatra has very nicely allowed to continue and it's kind of taken up a yes. life of its own. Um, the funny thing though, is that now that this has happened, she keeps picking up yellow cards. <laughs> right. So it's like a self-fulfilling prophecy. Where uh, where she becomes the butcher, and then for some reason NWSL refs are like, "Uh oh." No, I've comes. heard about this one. Yeah. Uh, maybe maybe the fact that she's she changed from her maiden name, they're like, "I don't know who this is." I just right, heard right. This they this they watch guitar. her play and they say, "Morgan Bryan never would have done this." No, she was she was gentle and kind, and yeah, now right. this this butcher is on this team, and and I have to give give her a card. Um, but yeah, uh, more seriously, um, yeah, I I. Disclose, I think I put this on the site in um on one of our Freedom Kicks posts. She was on my team of the month uh last month. Um I kind of felt like it was an easy one uh even to pick. Um what has changed for her? Because it seems like we've gone from the place where she was like, Well, she's fallen out with the national team and she's fine, but it's not anything remarkable. And this year it's like this is a player that maybe shouldn't be out of consideration for the national team uh right now. Yeah, um, it's been really interesting because I think like Pew, I think you have to look at it as a little bit of like, is her body doing what she is asking it to do? Because sometimes mm -hmm. we see players where their level dips or they have a, a period of time where they, for whatever reason, look like a step off or they're just not quite as dominant as they have been in the past. And I think Genuinely, what we're seeing with Gatra is someone who I think mentally was able to center herself a little bit. She's been with Chicago for a while, and this is clearly probably the most like successful club tenure she's ever had. Chicago prides itself on being able to figure out weird little injuries, whether it's like body alignment or soft tissue or, or whatever. And they worked with her on that. And I just think that she is in control of what she wants to do. I will also say, however, though, when Kerr left, mm. everybody in that front six was given more responsibility. And we've seen who has really thrived with that. And Gatra is probably person number one, who mm. sometimes she's being asked to play the 10. Sometimes she's the eight because they're trying to do like a rotating front six sort of a thing. She is a lot more aggressive running towards goal. She's just really responded to that responsibility in a positive way. And so I think it's a mixture of she is able to do all the things that she was able to do in 2015. And I think she had a period of years where that just wasn't mm -hmm. true. And she's ready for, for the challenge that's kind of being put in front of her, which is exciting. Uh, so I had, I had this idea. I don't know if I'm going to repeat it. So this might be the, a one and only uh, segment thing, or I might bring it back over and over again. Um, but I, I guess you're, you're now stuck in an experiment. Um, Sick. Which, uh, which is always fun or, or not. Um, but I wanted to sort of think of, you know, Chicago right now coming into this game specifically, what is one major strength, uh, that the spirit should be very aware of? And what is one major weakness that the spirit should be looking to get the better of? Um, I think that. Chicago has impressed me in recent games and their ability to dictate the tempo of a game 
Mm-hmm. Um, and it's something that sometimes they're able to do for 60 minutes. Sometimes they're able to do it for 45 minutes against North Carolina. We saw it pretty much for 75, 80 minutes. They were able to really control the tempo of that game. So I think the thing that the spirit should be worried about is that they are not going to be able to play the way that they want to play because of the way that Chicago has set up. Um, and the, you know, I don't know who the spirit are planning to have available for them. I would think Andy Sullivan would be just based on how little she's played in these friendlies. Mm -hmm. Um, but I think that if Chicago is executing the way that they would like to, uh, the spirit are probably going to find themselves with the ball and without a lot to do with it. Mm -hmm. So basically turning their style against them. Uh, and then big weakness, I would say, that you look at some of the ways that games have gone for Chicago, which is that I think if you can expect Chicago to come on real strong in the first half hour, and if you can keep them from scoring, sometimes they run out of ideas and sometimes mm-hmm. they run out of gas. So I think that it's a little bit about weathering the storm and then they will have opportunities to shift the momentum. And then also I think for, for Chicago as well, it's like a blessing and a curse, just how important Tierna Davidson has become to this team. And it will a lot will depend on whether she starts or not. Which you know we're we're as a full disclosure we're doing this during the women's national yeah, team we're like game. split screening it right now and, yeah and she is she's not playing at the right moment. so you would think maybe um, she'd be able to, to right um, and you know Andy Sullivan isn't in the game yet um, she had mentioned before after the last game that she planned on I think just literally meeting the team in Chicago. Um, which is kind of wild that that's how players lead their lives. But also she was just like, yeah, that's just what it is. Um, so I, I think they're both going to play. Uh, I think it's probably important for both of these teams to get these players to play as many, many minutes as they can before we don't see them for many, many months, uh, for the, the Olympics. And I, I, I want to say Richie Burke referred to it as whatever the U S tour after the tournament is, um, because it is, you know, they're going to do one whether they win it or not. It's just a matter of how many games. You know, a thought that I have had, you're the first person that I've been on a mic with since I've had this thought. So congratulations, mm-hmm. you get you get this one exclusive, is that I honestly am impressed by how nice the U.S. soccer has been leading up to this tournament. Mm-hmm. They've just stuck with the normal international breaks. They're coming back to the teams. Like you would think in, in yesteryear, that these right. two games in the middle here, the U S would just be like, no way we're right. hanging out in California until we're out of here. Um, and they're not doing that this time. And I think that's very nice of them. Yeah. Or, or we would have had something weird. Like they would have said, well, you can get the ga- the players back, but you have to play the games like two days later. And so you have to play on like a Tuesday. <laughs> right. Um, and then yeah. the team is like, well, that costs us like half of our revenue um, from that game. We can't right. do that. And they're like, well, too bad. Yeah. Um, so yeah, the it is it is maybe a shift uh for sure in the um the relationship that didn't used to be there that hopefully continues to get balanced more towards the clubs who for so long have been kind of just like, well, I guess we'll take what you give us cuz that's that's all there is. There's no uh right. there's no give and take here. It's just you give sometimes but you take whenever you would like. And that's not that hasn't been great and so yeah, I tend to agree that uh it, it does feel like more consideration is being given to the fact that the league uh, needs that, right? Like they need the players, they need the players that are big names to come out so that people buy tickets to the games and also to win at soccer. 
right. which is yes. <laughs> sometimes gets forgotten in all the talk about the league is that it's nice if your team wins at the sport. Um, yes. which uh, this it's I also figured, good for revenues if your team wins games. Yeah, it, it's it's handy uh, if yeah. if people are like, oh, we'd like to go have a fun time at that game. Um, and this game kind of feels you know kind of like an important one these are two teams that both expect to be in play in the playoffs um but there's also the situation where we know portland is probably going to be in first uh, at the end of this and there are there's a big pile of teams like the spirit and chicago who all are like yeah we should be in there too um does this feel like a bigger game than game what game six uh, of a regular season at this point you know, maybe in past years I would have said yes, but mm-hmm. when the team that you cover loses five to nothing to Portland in the first game of the season, mm-hmm. you do very much be like, none of this matters. <laughs> like you're just <laughs> like, three points or three points. If you right. win them, great. If you don't, it's fine. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. So, yes and no. I think that I do think that you have Chicago's in a weird spot because they got their biggest win of the season right before the international break. And so I don't know how exactly you carry that momentum through. Um, But yeah, I mean, my whole thing with Chicago is this, is that Chicago considers themselves to be a contender. They're not an up and comer. They've been a contender for a long time. Mm -hmm. And that means that you have teams in this league that you just want to be better than. And I think that Chicago wants to be better than the spirit. Yeah. I mean, that seems fair because of the record of the track record of like, it seems like it's been a lot. When is the last time Chicago didn't make the playoffs? Is it like 2015? Uh, 2014. 2014. So, yeah. yeah, if you keep making the playoffs that often, um, you kind of earn that right to be like, there's a line here and we want to stay above that line. And we think these other teams, uh, the only way we can show these other teams that they aren't above it is if we beat them. Right. Um, and for the spirit, that's been kind of an ongoing thing is like, how do you prove that you actually do belong above that line? Um, and the only way you can really do it, it turns out, is to, you know, beat Houston while you're down a man. Um, go and go get a win at the rain and now they're at chicago if you can get something done at chicago that says quite a bit um so yeah i I feel like maybe it's a bigger game for the spirit from that that regard because they've still got they still have to it's all theoretical with this team at this point sure but the spirit plays chicago well historically like the spirit always show up when they play chicago and they've they've swapped results pretty consistently over the last couple of years so Mm -hmm. um yeah, I think that, that I think that this one could be anybody's game. I think that this it really just kind of depends on who I'm big on like the the mental side of the game this year, I think. I think it just really just depends on who is is the most engaged for the longest amount of time. Last question before uh I, I finish the segment here, uh in roughly the amount of time I talked about beforehand. Um this is a this podcast is called Plex Weather. These two teams have a long and storied history of uh, terrible weather disrupting their games, maybe more than I feel like Chicago is the team. Like if you ask me what is the ultimate Plex weather game, it would be like, well, Chicago is the other team. Um, yes. They're in town and yeah. the game gets replayed or played from two minutes in uh, on like a Sunday morning at 9 a.m. with like the people from the neighborhood around there, are the ones that that wander in like, oh, they're playing. So I guess we'll just hang out. Right, because um, the night before it was just sheets and sheets yes. and sheets And it seemed rain. like it was going to yeah. be fine, and then it yeah. wasn't. Yeah. Um, so I have to ask, uh, what is the weather for this game? I, what, what are we you expecting know, at this point? It, let me take a look. It could be, so last I checked, it mm-hmm. was right actually in a pocket, in a pocket mm-hmm. of 
intense 90 degree heat the day before yeah. storms overnight beautiful day so we'll see okay. if that's still true because the danger there is that it gets pushed back 24 hours and yes. that weather forecast gets pushed back so as of right now Okay, as of right now, not too bad. So as of right now, Friday has a high of 88. Saturday is a high of 82. Okay. So as they are expecting, but here's the thing. Yeah. They're expecting the weather to break without precipitation. Mm. I don't buy it. Sometimes no. that doesn't happen. These, te these teams are playing. There has to be some precipitation. Exactly. Um, and also just, I think that, as, as you know, in the Midwest, um, even if you have like a high of low 80s, the humidity can be pretty killer. But the good news is that this is an, an, an evening game. So hopefully right. it won't be too bad. All right. Well, now that we've done a weather report as well mm -hmm. as a soccer podcast, uh, yeah. Claire, for the people that are following this podcast that aren't following you, where can they find you and your work on the Internet? Yeah, I mean, honestly, you should just follow Southside Trapod with one letter P um, on Twitter and Instagram. And I'm, I'm sure we have a Facebook page, but I certainly don't go on it. Um, but yeah, just follow follow the, the podcast where we talk about the Red Stars every week. And if you want more in-depth Red Stars coverage, I don't know why you would if you're listening to a Spirit podcast. But if you want more in-depth Red Stars coverage, uh, we also have a Patreon that you can subscribe to. And we do weekly exclusive writing, exclusive interviews, um, as well as the regular podcast. So that's probably just what I'd say about that. And, and we're speaking on a day where you had two different articles come out on two different platforms. So yeah. um, people should should check those out as well on uh, from Defector and Just Women Sports. Mm -hmm. um, so give those a read. Tell the people that work at those sites that you would like to see that kind of thing more often. Mm -hmm. uh, and also on your uh olympic roster you were the first person that was brave enough to put one out on record i was yeah uh if you're if you're listening to this and you're like i didn't agree with those picks just remember it's just picks Claire oh yeah the roster. Um, oh i'm sure said, and honestly i promise i don't feel that strongly about them you just gotta yeah. you just gotta go with your gut and then close your eyes and then right. release it to and, the world and it's it's fine if someone picks an 18 that isn't your 18 it's okay yeah right and that's the show Thanking Claire and Ashley uh, again for their time uh, and their thoughts. I thought it was a show that was fun and informative, which is really all you can do with a podcast. If it's not fun and informative, or at least very informative or very fun, it's kind of a waste of time. It's my podcast take that no one asked for. Hopefully, though, I'm, I'm meeting those standards myself, I hope. Um, certainly, my guests have carried more than their fair share of the weight. For listening to the show in the future, if this is not the only episode you would like to listen to, you can find the show on the website, plexweather.pinecast.co. The Twitter account is at plexweather, all one word. From there, you can find the uh, tip jar if you would like to financially support the podcast. I want to shout out some of the people that have been, or some of, literally all of, literally every person that's put in any money at all in the tip jar. I want to shout out all of you, not some of you, but literally all of you does make a huge difference to me. It, it means a lot. The podcast can be found if you don't want to find it through the website, if you want it through a podcasting service. The big ones are all, as far as I know, the big ones all work. Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher. I know for sure Stitcher works. I have Stitcher, um, and I can see the episodes pop up there, and it reminds me that this is a real thing that happens. I put it out, and it actually does show up in places. Uh, Spotify also. I don't have Spotify, so I can't say it for that. I assume that it works for all of them. No one has told me it doesn't. So if, if you want to find it in those services, it's there, and hopefully it's doing the job for you. And at 
with that in mind, uh, with that confusing sign-off, as all that flex weather sign-offs are going to be confusing, I feel like I'm going to call it. Thanks for listening. <laughs>